Okay, as in go. Sorry, one second. Fork Tales, a podcast that feeds the food and beverage world. Oh, awesome. Tales is brought to you by Vigor, a branding and marketing agency for passion-driven, innovative restaurant, beverage, and hospitality brands. Learn more at VigorBranding.com. If you love what we're serving up, please give Forktails a five-star review on your podcast service of choice. Think of it as a tip for good service. Hey everyone, today I'm joined by my friend Chad Horn, who is the co-founder of Devour which is a lovely word and a lovely name. Um, We are going to get into the nitty gritty of Devour, but also everything that they're touching on right now. I'm really excited about this episode. Um, But before we hop in, Chad, say hello, give a little bit of backstory. Hello, Joseph. Uh, First, thank you for having me on your program this morning. Uh, Quick backstory on me is uh, I've done my whole career virtually in the restaurant technology sector. So, you know, that's where I fell in love with restaurants, restaurant people, restaurant companies, anybody helping out restaurants. And I also have been in partnerships roles. So it's been very active in forming collaborations with other companies and figuring out how to work together to serve the space. Um, so that's, that's me in a quick, quick, uh, you know, 20 seconds. I love it. So, um, like I said, we're going to hop into Devour. And and for those that don't know, um, you will find out. Uh, but a very high level is you guys are playing in or muddling around in the crypto blockchain NFT space, which is probably how everyone listening thinks about that world. It's just like a, a garbled mess of new tech that we don't quite understand. Um, seemingly, and I think the reason is, it's seemingly out of, it seems like out of nowhere, the word blockchain just started hitting our ears left and right. Uh, same with the NFT. Um, and they're being tossed around a lot. So for clarity, mm-hmm. could you attempt to lay down the definitions in simple terms, starting with blockchain? Absolutely. So, and if I'll preface this by saying, if you had told me I'd be having this conversation with you about blockchain a few years ago, I'd say, no, that'll never be me. <laughs> um, so blockchain, I, I, I like to put this in really simple terms. It's a kind of database. It's a database that's, you know, very, very difficult or near impossible to hack. All the information is there, secure, and it's visible to everybody, right? It's not behind some wall that only some company controls, right? So it's, it's a database has information of any kind, and uh, and and it's and it's safe and secure there. Interesting, yeah. So I, I heard someone use the the term ledger as well. So mm-hmm. same, same. Um, and I think one of the words that we hear with blockchain specific to crypto is mining, which I think it actually. I, honestly, it doesn't make much sense to me why it would be called that, but like, uh, especially because mining has a very clear meaning and it's literally nothing like that. But from what I gathered, um, miners of, let's say, Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency, they have machines that essentially um, verify the entries into the blockchain using uh, some sort of um, puzzle that needs to be figured out. So they basically decrypt or something like that to verify that that is actually true. You got it. I don't think I would add anything to that, right? It's just, you know, people put their their expensive computers to work solving those algorithms that verify transactions on the blockchain. And um, yeah, that's how it gets done. 
Awesome. Yeah. And so what I, what I think is brilliant and obviously a lot of other people is like you said, it's not just one entity that holds all the cards. It's n- it's not a uh, wizard of Oz. Never mind that man behind the curtain. Um, mm-hmm. it's so many people around the world using their machines to, you know, uh, uh, un- un- decode these algorithms for verification. So like every single entry into the blockchain is verified multiple times for authenticity and all that stuff, which is quite great. So if we, that actually kind of unpacks what crypto is. I mean, crypto, I know it's such a huge word. And I think everybody thinks of currency, literal, like the US dollar, but there's so much more in the crypto space without getting too far into that. Let's talk about NFTs. Cause that seems to be like the hot new three letter acronym. Help me yeah. out. What is, what is an NFT? So I, I think it does help to start in the definition of an NFT with crypto, right? It, every, everybody's heard of Bitcoin at the very least. But the, the thing there is that one Bitcoin is no different from another, right? Just like no one dollar is different than another. And so that means they're um, fungible, right? They're replaceable, one with the other, right? So that's where the fungible and NFT comes from. But in the case of a non-fungible token, then one Bitcoin, if, it were, if Bitcoin were non-fungible, then one Bitcoin would be different than another Bitcoin. That's not mm. the case, but with NFTs, they are. So... That's often represented visually in the form of the art that you see with NFTs. If you may have seen uh, the, the one called Bored Apes or CryptoPunks, there is a different character from one to the other. But behind that, is a, it's a different, uh, it's a different uh, address associated with those as well. So, um, yeah, main thing with non-fungible tokens, one is different than the other. And that means they can have different utility, value, et cetera. Interesting. Yeah. So when I first heard of NFTs, I got basically what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. I got that high level, which is it's something that is uniquely ownable. It verifies authenticity because it's on the blockchain. So every NFT has it is an entry into the blockchain. So it's verified mm-hmm. over and over again that this is authentically this person's ownership. And, and that's about as deep as I went at first. And so I think that's actually... Um, barely scratching the surface of what NFT, NFTs truly are. So, you know, I saw the Bored Apes and, um, you know, for me, I was like, why would anybody want to d- buy this picture of a Bored Ape when this one looks almost exactly the same, except they changed the hair color and the eyeballs? Um, and, and guys, I'll, I'll try to have links in the in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about if you don't. And then when I started, when I started to really dive in, well, before I do that, I... I started thinking of NFTs from the restaurant space, which is essentially what Devour is starting to really get into and, and build out there. Um, and what I was thinking is, oh, if a chef created a unique meal specially for me, maybe they take a picture of it and register on the blockchain because that's my meal. And while that's true, that could be a thing. It's actually not really what NFTs are. NFTs right now, I think, are being used to unlock real world experiences, access to, uh, virtual experiences via gaming or somewhere else. So even though you bought this picture of the board ape with the purple hair, it really is more of a membership card to something so much more. Do I have that correct? I think it's useful to think about these in terms of a spectrum, right? So they're, uh, especially early on, uh, I think NFC's really started to come onto the scene in 2019 and 2021 was an insane year for nfts and 2022 will be even bigger but the first ones they didn't focus on 
what useful things you could do with them in the real world. It was, hey, we have an NFT collection. They used a, a style of generating those called generative art, where they form different layers of images and they come together to create variations, but they look kind of similar. And that was it. That was the point, right? And But because they were first, they were special because this was a new thing. And so CryptoPunk's one of the very first, right? People assign value to them because this was a new thing, exciting thing. And then ultimately they realized there's a status associated with owning certain NFTs. And on that basis, they rose in value. Uh, but they also, that couldn't last. It couldn't last where uh, an NFT could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars simply because of the status that could have perceived value. Yeah. You're right, right. So, so there's been a transformation where that now people are expecting utility is the usual word or usefulness, real world experience and benefit is another way of saying it associated with NFT ownership. And there's plenty that are in the middle, right? They say, Hey, yeah, this thing looks really amazing. And there, there is a status associated with it. You're part of the club, but you also get this benefit. So most do try to you know, ride that middle ground. And then I think particularly for restaurants, we're seeing a trend where it's going to be mostly the one end of it, where it's like, hey, just what is the benefit? <laughs> what is the benefit mm -hmm. of owning this NFT? Because an NFT doesn't have to, one doesn't have to look different than the other. Um, right. Fly Fish Club, Gary V, if you're familiar with this restaurant, those NFTs don't look, it's not about the, the difference in look from one to the other. It's about that having that NFT gets you in to that restaurant. And that's, that's, it's all purely focused on the utility. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, when I, when I first um, saw Gary V was getting into the NFT space, um, mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was, I was kind of scratching my head because, again, my again the initial thinking of what an NFT was is like, great, so I technically am the sole owner of this uh, board ape. Do I right. put it on a digital frame on my wall? Like, what, you know, like because it's art that I bought. And then you start to realize that the it, it does open up access to a lot of other things. And there is the exclusivity. There is, hey, you can't get in because you don't have the NFT that allows you access. So I think that naturally leads us to, to the next question that I have, which is, um, you know, with all these blockchain te technologies, which one actually solves a problem for restaurants like how can they be used in the restaurant space mm. so eventually emphasis on eventually all of them and so um i've been asking myself well what what of these technologies solves the problem for restaurants now or in three months from now six months from now and i'm finding that nfts are are the winner right there in the short term and i'll, I'll Start by why, saying why not crypto, right? For example, mm -hmm. all by itself, how much, do, what problem does that solve for a restaurant that a guest could potentially pay for a meal with crypto? In, in certain markets, you know, there, it could be something, but mm -hmm. not a, they're not, that's not solving a massive problem all by itself. NFTs, however, as we're talking about, by virtue of the fact that you, the ownership is verified, by virtue of the fact that it's, it's transferable, by virtue of that fact that it's inherently technology that can integrate with other technologies and other ecosystems of technology, there's a mm -hmm. lot of value that could be assigned to NFTs to unlock real-world experiences. And so NFTs, in my mind, 
in the mind of my colleagues, are, is the very first thing that restaurants can get a ton of utility and, and value out of. Uh, it, I view it more as, as a massive opportunity for restaurants, the ones that would clearly be innovators or early adopters of this type of technology. Uh, and there's value for, for being in that category. Um, and then over time, it's going to be increasingly necessary to do things with NFTs because of changing guest behavior and, and guest expectations. And that market will shift. And it's going to happen quickly, kind of like the Internet in the late 90s. It's just like out of the blue everywhere. You know, every company had a web page. And that's how yeah. business was done. The well, dot com boom. Here. Exactly. So that's where we find ourselves now. We're kind of the early phase of NFTs becoming really mainstream and just delivering so many different kinds of benefits. Yeah. The, so the, uh, hopping back to crypto real quick, uh, that's that's been one of the things on my mind, I think others, which is, you know, when will we see crypto usurp our standard federally issued dollar? And, and the way you started that actually is a really good question. Like, wh why? Like, what's there's nothing really wrong with the dollar as a transaction. Um and I think well, the reason why it's been a head scratcher is anybody that's looked at crypto or invested even a little bit, it's, it is a violent market. Like it is not stable. <laughs> now they do have what's okay. called stable coins, which are fine. You know, you could do that, but then that even begs even more like, so wh why bother then? Like the fed coin is a stable coin. So it's the same, same, but I mean, even looking at my, uh, I'm looking at my phone right now for those that aren't watching, I'm looking at Bitcoin for instance, just over one day, uh, Bitcoin started February 28th at 9.20 a.m. around around $38,700. And it ended, well, let's just say in one day, it's now valued at 44000 So it's a 15.22% increase in just one day. <laughs> and so that becomes really difficult to run a business on when this morning your sandwich was 0 0.02 of a Bitcoin, but because of the volatile nature, it's and now you've lost money because Bitcoin went down in value or something like that. Um, so NFTs do make a lot more sense, but... Um, if I buy an NFT to get access to, let's say, a private club or a, a, a unique restaurant experience, is that it? Or, or do I actually have to pay to get into that experience or to you know, pay for the food and stuff like that? How has this been working? So the answer to that is it completely depends. That's, that's one component of a restaurant's strategy with NFTs. And maybe ultimately crypto as well, if they, if they wanted to kind of think about that in terms of their, their longer term plan. And I, I like to say that uh, a restaurant needs to decide, among other things, are they going to give away their NFTs? Are they going to allow guests to earn the NFTs? Or are they going to sell them? Which is the more traditional path. They, they pick a date and they, they open it up uh, and they say, here you go, here's, here's the... Here's the NFT, and if you want to mint it is the technical term, you can mint it, and here are the benefits. And they're, they're, it's actually a revenue-generating event for the, the restaurant. Most are going to be the, in the context of restaurants, most of brands are going to find more success with the first two, giving, giving away the NFT to their, their loyal members or giving them a path to earning it as part of probably some loyalty program or some time-based event where it's like if you do X, Y, or Z, you've earned the NFT. And in that case, most restaurants probably won't need to make them look different from one to the other or either. Like, they won't be like a board ape where, you know, one has purple hair and one has green hair. They're, 
because that's not the point, right? It's about the experience that it unlocks. So most of it is going to be uh, of those two varieties, where they won't have to go through all of this process, and it is extensive process in having a successful sale. It's more of like make it a simple process, get it in the hands of the right guests, and then start wowing them with the experience that can be unlocked with it. Yeah, let's try to like let's try to get a a, a fake scenario, but real world nevertheless, meaning here's the way I think about it is, um, all right, so we have a client out in, um, Arizona called over easy. We love you guys. Um, now they're a breakfast joint. So one of the things that has been kicked around, I think with breakfast is different kinds of mimosas. So essentially we could offer an NFT to our most loyal guests and they would have access to a unique mimosa that no one else would have access to. Is that a good example or is that just very high level light? That's a great example, uh, especially okay. if the m- mimosas are a main thing that draw guests in, then that will, for its loyal following, sounds like they might even have a, a cult following uh, there. And yeah, that w- you just put yourself in the shoes of the guests. Would this speak to me? Sounds like it would there. And that would be a great utility to attach to this NFT. If you have this, you always get this exclusive item on the menu, you, you alone. And, and you could attach other benefits to it as well. The, the cool thing that we do, um, the way we like think about it to help restaurants further is it's like it's one thing to give the guests the utility, right? To say this is how it unlocks, right? This is what it unlocks for you. But operationally for the restaurants, you don't want to be a victim of your own success and then have lines <laughs> of people trying to prove that they own an NFT <laughs> and then redeem that at the register. And the staff is like, what? Like, how do I know that's an NFT? How? Are you showing me a picture on your phone? You <laughs> right. or, the, or the staff's like, hey, you're a friend. Let me just give you this, uh, this mimosa just because I like it. It's like, wait a minute. There's operational challenges in terms of potentially bogging down the system or opening yourself up to fraud that that can be solved. That, those kind of problems have been able to be solved for a long time. So we, our, our thought is that let's integrate NFT, NFT technology, into existing restaurant technologies so all that operational stuff can be automated. And, uh, yeah, so for, sorry, for sorry, real quick. Brands, that's key to the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that maybe aren't following around as quickly, essentially because NFTs, because those tokens are registered on a blockchain, the blockchain mm-hmm. essentially, uh, serves as verification of authenticity. So when someone shows right. their NFT, there's gotta be a way for the restaurant in this particular instance to ensure that that is in fact registered on the blockchain and is an authentic NFT. Correct. Right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. I just want to make sure we're not losing folks because it does get very uh, heady, very quick. I appreciate <laughs> you bringing that back because you're right. There's, there's so many things that it's so easy to take for granted, but are, are actually really important foundational concepts like why an NFT, how it works and, and why it has value. Right. So, and, and have we seen any big name restaurants start to embrace NFTs? I know we've seen some restaurants. You mentioned Gary V's spot. Um, I'm blanking. There's a couple that popped in my head last week um, that had mentioned some NFT access points. But there, what I've seen mostly is it's like it's entry to an exclusive club-like experience. Yeah. It's not walking into McDonald's and you get an extra Happy Meal toy or something. Right. Which side note, why hasn't McDonald's made like adult Happy Meals yet with toys? Because I think we need them. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I think that'd be a big market. 
they probably will some point and they're probably related to nfts the metaverse that's probably coming <clears throat> as yeah. indicated by articles talking about mcdonald's entry in, into that space they probably will do something like that so let's let's hop into that space um <laughs> We're going deeper, folks. All right. So the metaverse. Most people know that Instagram, Facebook, they changed, they rebranded, quote unquote, renamed to meta um, because of this idea of the metaverse, which is, I mean, it exists now. Like it's it's out there. It's just, um, it doesn't have the mass traction just yet. Now, a, a lot of people have made correlations of the metaverse to uh, what was in Ready Player One, the movie for instance, where it is a fully immersive second, actually, I will use this word because it's actually kind of funny, a second life. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those that were back in like the early 2000s, second life was a sort of metaverse as well. But Minecraft has that same um, aspect to it, I think. A number of games do. So what is the metaverse today and what will <laughs> the metaverse be when it is fully realized? Oh, gosh. Oh gosh, this is where it's hardest. I think it's the hardest to, to kind of try to put on a, you know, your futurist hat and try to figure this out. <clears throat> I like to think of it as as a, a a video game or an online space. Again, trying to put keep it in layman's terms that utilizes these fundamentals of the blockchain. Right, a, a metaverse can incorporate cryptocurrency, and NFT and a metaverse absolutely will incorporate NFTs, uh, and so. It certainly looks like you talk about Ready Player One. You, it looks so most people like think, oh, that's like some kind of advanced video game. Yes, there will always be gaming elements. Gaming drives the the technology and the experience of the metaverse worlds more than any other application. But what separates it is how how much are they utilizing and tied into this new ecosystem of blockchain technologies. Someone else who spends more time thinking about the metaverse would have a much better explanation than that. But I think sim very simply speaking, that that covers it. Yeah. It's, it's such a big topic. Um, like we do know that there, that brands are buying up real estate within the metaverse for right. a lot of money. Um, right. Which it, are a form of NFTs, right? Okay, interesting. Right, yeah, because it'd be a verified digital property. Mm -hmm. You know, so if somebody like if Chad and Joseph wanted to open up Mickey D's Island or something, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be verified as from McDonald's. Um, so it prevents people from creating um, various articles or, or artifacts within the metaverse. So, for instance, uh, for those that don't know, like you would have an avatar, somebody that represents yourself in this world. Um, mm -hmm. And because it's an avatar, you can equip that avatar with things like um that we would have in the real world, for instance, like maybe hats and, and hoodies and shoes and stuff like that. Now, those shoes could be Nike shoes, but only if they came from the Nike place that has been verified on the blockchain. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So I think one of the things that becomes difficult for people to connect in the restaurant world is, great, I can't eat a digital hamburger. So why would I even want to be in the metaverse as a restaurant brand? And... The answer is most restaurants probably don't. Now, if we look who is making investments in the metaverse, they're kind of giving an indicator to other restaurants, like what should I be paying attention to here? So McDonald's, Panera Bread, registering trademarks for virtual properties. Like, wait a minute, this sounds familiar, right? Again, internet. 
the 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 rush to grab that perfect domain name, right? The www.whatever.com. That's kind of happening now. So of all the things a restaurant should pay attention to about that, it's metaverse. It's probably that. It's like, what do I need to own regarding my own brand in this new world? Talk to a lawyer. There's some good ones out there about what kind of trademarks and registrations you should do to make sure your brand is always going to be there for you <laughs> in the metaverse. Maybe not you know, this year or next year if it's too soon for you to really jump into all that technology, but five years, 10 years, right? That's worth paying attention to right now. For other restaurants that might think, oh, you know what? I want to, I want to take advantage of whatever is there in that technology to engage my guests. Like you said, you can't get a burger in the metaverse, but you can create a virtual restaurant. You could create an ordering experience so someone could come into your virtual restaurant, do the, click the right buttons, engage in the right way, and maybe DoorDash is bringing that mm -hmm. guest a burger in real life. Yeah, so that's an interesting thought, too. I mean, um, I, I think about... If, if I think about Ready Player One, I mean, there are battles that can be had. You can go to a whole island where it's just war all the time. And if somebody, like, kills you, you lose all of your currency in the space, which in that movie is just like going bankrupt in the real world, too. I mean, it's, right. it's devastating. Um, but with that, you would lose life. So I almost see a world, too, where a, uh, let's say, a sweet green, you could go to a sweet green and re-up your your digital virtual <laughs> health bars, right? Um, right? Even if you're not literally eating the salad, um, it might align with the brand. So it, the, the imagination is the limit, I think, with the metaverse, especially as it gets more and more traction. And with how much innovation... Uh, face or meta is putting into the technologies of connectivity. So it doesn't always have to be the uh, Oculus glasses, the 3d or virtual reality glasses. Like uh, they're talking about almost like an augmented reality glass system as well. And so it, it's going to be really exciting to see how this unfolds. Um, so I feel like we've saved the best for last here. Let's talk about Devour. <laughs> so you've, you've talked a lot about crypto and NFTs and metaverse and blockchain and all of that. What is Devour doing? Because you guys are ingrained in this, this, this merger of restaurant and what we'll just give a very high level word of crypto world. Yeah. And I'll start with saying that, remember, like earlier, I said, like a few years ago, I would have been, no, that'll never be me doing anything in like this in this space. But in early 2020, I started paying attention to crypto and followed a few coins and tokens and got invested. And was like, okay, that made me start to pay attention more. And then I followed what was going on. And, and last year was absolutely nuts for what happened in the world of crypto. So I started learning more and paying more attention. I realized, okay, blockchain, it's not a, it's not a fad. It's not going anywhere. It's going to transform the world, transform every industry out there. And so it's only a matter of time before that transforms restaurants. And uh, my co-founders felt the same way. Um, that like, okay, it, this is early. This is early. Most restaurants aren't going to be doing something with crypto and NFTs, you know, for a year at least. But some will. Uh, and the bigger brands will. And it's only a matter of time before it just completely changes everything. So... We've looked at our background and our experience, like, okay, we care about this industry a lot. We've spent our whole careers in, in the tech side of it, right? So we, we've worked with operators, understand the chaotic nature of restaurants, but we also get the tech. I've done 
integration partnerships for most of my career. So it's like, gosh, if there was going to be a team that would be able to help restaurants navigate this crazy, always evolving world well and have their best interest uh, and able to think about all the practical considerations, it's going to be us. So we, we set out to do that. And that, that's what Devour was, is, right? We started with uh, a token um, because we knew eventually, especially as part of a larger uh, ecosystem of technology that restaurants can use, it, it is cool. It will be cool to be able to earn uh, crypto as you dine at your favorite restaurants and then pay in that currency, especially as a, a kind of an add-on to NFT kind of experiences. That, that's really cool. So that's where we started, and then we moved on to NFTs. So we now have technology that makes it exceedingly easy. So if we think about the big problems we solve for restaurants, the biggest one has to be the fact that only 1% of the restaurant's customers knows, that, knows how this stuff works, that mm-hmm. has ever even thought about owning an NFT or has in crypto. So the first thing we solved was making it accessible to the other 99%. So anybody who can use an app on a smartphone can get an NFT. And they might not even realize they got an NFT, but they hit the button and they got an NFT. Utilizing all that blockchain technology is just in the background, so they don't have to worry about the complexity. And uh, so that we're out there now working with brands, figuring out what kind of real-world opportunities, problems can we solve with the technology, what kind of guest experiences can we create. And like I mentioned earlier, the fundamental things are there. Having it be really valuable experiences enabled by other technologies that restaurants already use, and then integrate those technologies with the blockchain so that that authentication and NFT doesn't bog down operations. It happens seamlessly to make sure that it actually works in the real world. Yeah, I think um, it's a good point that you make. Uh, NFTs have it exploding globally, but it still does have a very low, uh, I don't want to say adoption rate, but I think knowledge, like awareness rate here stateside. Um, mm-hmm. what, how do you think that's going to grow? What's going to be the spark that actually gets that to move forward? Because there's a lot of misconceptions around them right now. Um, or maybe misconception is the wrong word. Maybe it's just, it's just a lack of knowledge, right? A lack of awareness. Yep. Two things. I think uh, gaming, gaming to me, if I look back to the trends, always drives technology forward. It's always a part of mass adoption of technology. So the cool, when the, when the coolest games, I won't just say metaverse games, but the coolest games in general start utilizing this technology <clears throat> so that, you know, teenagers across the country are, you know, begging for, you know, this or that NFT or crypto for mm-hmm. their game then more people will figure it out. <clears throat> the other part of it is big companies, like the biggest, they all recognize what's happening here and they're going to be doing guest experiences, kind of think about like enhancements to their loyalty programs that have NFT components. And so, I, again, pick the big companies, like a Nike you mentioned earlier, maybe a mm-hmm. Disney, the, the biggest brands. If Once they start doing NFTs and they give amazing guest experiences attached to them, then people will be very motivated to figure it out. 
<laughs> so I yeah, so like even like a, like like a Red Bull, for instance, you know, but if you have a Red Bull NFT, like you would have access to the stunt people and like be able to hang out and then maybe like an after party, things like that. The NFT would get you access to those things that would come highly. We should just call Red Bull. I'm going to remove this from our episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get in touch with Red Bull and figure out if we can pitch that idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, perhaps the most important, important question of this entire interview, uh, if you had one final meal, what would you eat? Where would you eat it? What would that look like? Um, my wife and I have one favorite restaurant, um, and it would absolutely be there. We, we don't go there enough, maybe once or twice a year, but it would, we would be going to Sarma, S-A-R-M-A, in Somerville, Massachusetts. It's just this amazing uh, Middle Eastern fusion-type restaurant that everything on the menu is mind-blowing every time. I love it. It's, it's absolutely insane. So if you're anywhere near Somerville, Mass, go to Sarma. <laughs> I, I will write it down next time I'm up that way. I, I try to stay awake because I despise the cold, but I do have to get up there every once in a while. Um, Chad, this has been a fantastic conversation. and Thank you for um, enlightening the guests and myself uh, and trying to unpack what is relatively complex, but I, I think it's, it's very... Um, it's actually after this episode, it's very easy to understand. So I appreciate that a lot. Thanks for uh, being on the show. My pleasure. If you love what we served up, please follow us at Vigor Branding on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Medium. Fork Tales is produced by the team at Vigor. Audio and video post productions provided by Zencaster. Music performed by Jet Trash and licensed through musicbed.com. Joseph handles his own hair, makeup, and stunts. Copyright 2003 to 2021, Vigor Graphic Design, LLC, all rights reserved.